You're listening to Practically Catholic with your hosts, Natalia Schumann and Father Anthony Federico. I said, praise him. Praise the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus did a backflip on the devil. I got a Holy Ghost power. I got the Holy Ghost power. Uh, dear, dear listeners, you're going to have to excuse us. We just uh, were watching a clip from the movie The Apostle with Robert Duvall. And it's an excellent way to get fired up before recording your own episode of Practically Catholic. Of Practically Catholic. Welcome to Practically Catholic, Father Anthony, my co-host. How are you? How are you? Natalia, what I love about our podcast is that we're not trying to be anything we're not. We're not trying to be like other podcasts. We're just doing what we think the Lord is asking us to do. And so our listeners tonight are going to get a real raw kind of authentic glimpse because you and I, your family, myself, we're in, we're in some stuff right now. We're dealing with our own issues. We, we're, we're in what you call a season. Um, we're struggling in certain ways, but the Lord is faithful and we're trying to work thing, these things out in the best of our lives. And we thought that it would be great to come on and record an episode from that place of struggle, that place of difficulty that so many young Christians can relate to. Like, what do I do now? What is the Lord asking me to do now? And we thought we would talk about, okay, what is the desire of my heart when everything around me seems like it's not working? That's good. Let's start out small because I've got some great news for you. And I've got some bad news for you. Hit me with the bad news first. No, I got to start with the good news. I got to set it up. (laughs) Here's the good news. We precisely the opposite of what I suggested. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I will. (laughs) Father Anthony. Yes. Practically Catholic is officially an international podcast being listened to in over 10 countries. And that includes Kuwait and the United Arab Emirates. This just into the Practically Catholic newsroom. We've gone international. International. So how many are we, up to? we were up. We had 13. A little bit higher. Maybe we're at 15. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. We ain't counting numbers. Because like you said, we're a different podcast. We're not counting numbers. Number one. Number one, we're counting numbers. Okay, wait. A, we're not, <laughs> a, we're not counting numbers. And B, we have no schedule. So like right. when this podcast airs, we don't know. And it's probably not going to be every two weeks. And it's going to be like, surprise, the Practically Catholic podcast is out again. Um, to our listeners in Kuwait in the United Arab Emirates. Praise God. I know. God has like, cool that? reaches to the end ends of the earth. I love that. Okay. But I got to get back. That was the good news. The bad news. Let me repeat. The bad news, however, is that according to our podcast analytics, we have not yet become an intergalactic podcast, which means that <laughs> nobody in Mercury, Uranus, Venus, or Neptune has listened to our podcast yet. So we still have some goals to meet right here. You know, like that's hashtag- ridiculous. If you have friends in the Orion's Belt or in the Horsehead Nebula, please tell them to listen to Practically Catholic. We are not yet intergalactic sensations. We have not yet brought the gospel to the far reaches of the Milky the Way galaxy. galaxy. This is unacceptable. Right. At least Jesus said, you know, to the ends of the earth, not to the ends of the galaxy. However, I want to let you know, Father Anthony, that producer Ben Schumann has anticipated that your anus will listen soon. <laughs> 
There's our dad joke for the episode. Let's get a bell ring for Benjamin Schumann. And dad jokes and really funny potty talk. <laughs> yes, actually, speaking of which, you uh, you know, you and I and Ben were on were texting the other night and you guys were helping me out through something that I've been going through, a little darkness in my life, and you sent me the sweetest turd emoji <laughs> as a way of cheering me up because you remembered from our last episode when we talked about our favorite favorite emojis that i mentioned that i used that one and that was so nice of you natalia you're welcome ben and i affectionately termed it the smooch turd the smooch so anytime you need a smooch turd you just let us know it's that like you know really big turd that smooches i don't know does everybody have these emojis <laughs> Don't tell us that the people on Saturn and Jupiter don't need to know about this stuff. This is unacceptable. They need to know. We're giving all of our Earth secrets away, okay? I know. Okay, that's all the funny stuff. But if you are listening and you have uh, liked us on Facebook or subscribed to our Instagram feed, just go ahead and put, if you have the smooch turd, that's what we're asking you to put on there. <laughs> just share some and- love. When we get practically Catholic merch, you will be the first to get it if you smooched her this uh, episode. (laughs) You know what? You know how there's like terms like, oh, I Googled it. We should be like, oh, yeah, I smooched her. (laughs) Oh, you listen to practically Catholic too? Yeah, I did too. (laughs) I smooched her. Okay. (laughs) God God help us. Lord be with us. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) father what are we talking about today besides smooch turds we are going to talk about desire especially Mm. the desires of our heart in moments of pain so natalia you were talking before we went on about a season Mm -hmm. you tell the viewers like uh, we know about the four seasons the the four you know winter spring summer fall we know about the four seasons hotel we know about the four seasons doo-wop group, but what are the seasons? There's not necessarily four, but tell the viewers, the listeners, what are the seasons of prayer, the seasons of the spiritual life, how these things change? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, the way that I think I use the word seasons is that it's just everyday prayer is just a little bit different, but it just feels like the Lord speaks maybe a certain word or like a certain theme over this particular season or just something that I'm wrestling with in that, in this particular season, I guess the best way for me to answer the question is like, you got three months of spring, you got three months of winter, you got three months of fall, but it's like an indeterminate amount of time until it Mm. turns into another amount of time. Right. So like an example in my life is uh, I do words of the year. I don't know if you do this, but I pray through at the beginning of the year and just ask the Lord to, to, reveal to me a word or I've done this too, where I've said like, Lord, what's like a guiding scripture for the year? Like something that would kind of like center me or ground me or help me to maybe discern new possibilities or just focus on what's ahead of me. But the beginning of this year, it was words. I went on a a three day silent retreat and I just went ahead and asked the, the Lord, like, what are, what are the words that just like keep coming up for me? So this particular season of life is kind of overshadowed by the word hidden and the word waiting. So I feel like for me, this is a season of waiting. So I was sharing with you before the episode, just that the Lord's timing is very different than mine as a type A 
cleric, if any of our listeners can relate to this, I want things to get done and I want them to get done right now. Like right now is actually too late. They should have gotten done yesterday, (laughs) but the Lord's time is very, very timing is very, very different. And so I feel like something will come up and, and I will have to work a little bit at a time on it through several weeks or several months or like, Oh gosh, hopefully it's not several years, but I just feel like I'm in a perpetual season of waiting, waiting for the next Mm. thing to happen, waiting for something to get accomplished. So our first practical tip for our Practically Catholic listeners in our desire episode, our first practical tip is identify what season you are in. Mm. So a general way that we can look at this is what the church has called for centuries, consolation or desolation. And just broadly, consolation is when life is going great. I'm filled with this tremendous energy. Things are falling into place in my personal life. My goals are being met. My friend Paul Cotter from college, this guy I went to Providence College with, Paul Cotter. Shout out to Paul Shout Cotter. Shout out to Paul. Paul Cotter used to say, this just came to me, I just remember this. He used to say, I'm seeing so much green right now. Ooh. Meaning when he would be on the road, like all the lights would turn green as he would uh, approach them. Like no red lights, he's just moving. Like he's seeing, I'm see- when he was in a good mood or he was having a good day, he would say, I'm seeing so much green right now. Mm. So like when you're like Paul Cotter, his middle name is Thompson, which I think is cool. Paul Thompson Cotter, you're seeing so much green in your life spiritually. You're in a season of consolation. And of course, the the clear opposite is the season of desolation in which quite the opposite. You're everything sucks. Life is is difficult. You, you're feeling no uh, emotional presence of God. Things aren't going according to plan. So our first practical tip is identify which season you are in Mm. and then consult the wisdom of the church because there are specific methods of prayer and action that we should take in a season of consolation that we should not do in a season of desolation and vice versa. Mm. So Natalia, we're talking about Ignatian Sermon of Spirits. Uh, The church has a great treasury of wisdom. And if the listener wants to pick up a really handy practical book to start learning about what season you're in, I would recommend the Sermon of Spirits by Father Timothy Gallagher. He is a winner. The expert, He's a winner. The expert. In fact, my friend Jake Kim, who we've talked about before, Jake says that Father Timothy Gallagher is the Jedi of discerning spirits. Ooh. He's the Jedi master of this. So our first practical tip is find out what season you're in and then consult the church's wisdom on what to do in that season. Okay. So let's start there. So let's try it. Okay. Well, my first question to you is here we are discerning this season. Do you feel like it's a season or you feel like one day you can be in consolation, one day you can be in desolation, one day you can be in consolation, the next day you can be in desolation, two days of desolation, three days of consolation, or or is it like a season? A season yeah. of like it just feels like this period of time is like consolation for me, or this period of time is desolation. Yeah, we the word that you used when you were describing the seasons in the beginning that stung me the most is you used the word indeterminate. Mm. And that's for a lot of us, like yourself, a type A, like for me, uh, who also has like type A tendencies, like I want to know, Lord, if I'm going to be in this period of desolation, I need a uh, a Google calendar sent to my phone from God <laughs> saying like, all right, on uh, March 18th, you'll be sw- transitioning from desolation to consolation. So you can look forward to that. Like, okay, if I just know the date and time, then I'm cool. But, but 
the Lord doesn't does it work Google like Calendar. that? What? Yeah. Okay, Lord, practical tip for you: please speak in Google Calendar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's shout a joke. Out to, uh, shout out to Almighty God. Yeah. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Jesus. <laughs> you know, okay. he was born pre Google Calendar. So, but but it's not totally impossible that the Lord could come to us and say, "Hey, you're going to enter into this particular season." I think he I think he warns us in Scripture. I I don't know. I'm reminded of that uh, scripture that says I've come like, I'm going to tell you everything that's happening because I'm calling Mm. you a friend, you know? And so he like prepares the disciples for what's going to happen. There's plenty of stories. I think he went ahead and shared with St. Faustina. You're going to go ahead and suffer a lot. And then sure enough, the next day she came down with tuberculosis. So it's not impossible, but I think in, in my case, he hasn't given me a Google calendar of this season of waiting. <laughs> so I'm waiting for the waiting to be over or I'm learning how to yes. wait, whichever way. We've got to remember that when we're in a season of consolation, when we're seeing so much green and life is, is just humming and thriving, we bank some of that, as it were. We use that consolation uh, to prepare us for the next season of desolation. Mm. We don't have a, a gloomy hopeless, foreboding, oh, when is life going to change and become sucky again? No, it's not that. We enjoy the consolation. We give thanks to God for it, but we don't grip it. We don't hang on to it because Mm. then we're starting to get into the territory of, do I want the God of joy or the joys of God? We don't want the feelings that God gives to us. We want God himself. And God is a father. He knows what's best for us. So when I'm in consolation, I thank God for it and I don't hold on to it. I use it instead to prepare myself for the, and we all know this. This is what I love about the Catholic faith. It's so real. Mm-hmm. It's so realistic. It's human. Mm-hmm. Life changes. There's highs and lows. And conversely, when I'm in desolation, I hold on hope from that consolation that I had banked. I remember it. I savor the joys of it. I, I recall to mind the promises of God. I don't put my trust in my feelings as dark as they are. I put my trust in God's promises on who he says he is. And I hope that the next consolation will come precisely when I need it, not a minute before, not a minute later. Mm, it's beautiful. Our community just went ahead and identified our core core values, the values that are central to who it is that we are. And one of them that struck me today as <clears throat> Ben and I were reviewing them was... Uh, um, you were not sleeping through that meeting, were you? I was... <laughs> wide awake. (laughs) No, they're new to us. So I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah. It says practice praise and Thanksgiving that we're people that are going to practice praise and Thanksgiving. I said, praise him, praise the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus did a backflip on the devil. Yeah. I think if I think if I was going to identify, I think I've been in a season of desolation for sure. A lot of things not working the way that I want them to. If I shared with you a little bit before that I feel like ever since the middle of Lent, the Lord has allowed my pride to come up, but that he's been, maybe I shouldn't say beating against it because I don't envision God beating against it, but he's been allowing it to be knocked around a little bit. He's been allowing, um, he's been allowing me to really see my pride. I think that's like maybe even more hurtful to me as, as a, proud person, we can become super blind, right? Like I don't have any faults. I don't have any sins. I'm good. And then when the Lord allows us to see our pride, it's like, Oh, that thing, that's ugly. (laughs) (laughs) That one hurts. Um, but in a season of desolation, I feel like it's difficult for me to go ahead and praise and to thank him 
But anyway, so what would be a practical tip that you would suggest if I'm in a moment of consolation and I'm trying to, like you said, bank these consolations for another season of desolation? Because my desire obviously is for great consolation is for the Lord to be my consolation. What would it look like? Should I make a note card of like all of the great things God has given to me? Is is there a practical tip for how we kind of can bank some of that consolation? Yeah, what I do is I give it to the Blessed Mother. I say, Blessed Mother, I'm going to ask you to stash some of this for me. Mm. I want you, meaning Blessed Mother, please come into this consolation and share it with me. Teach me how to enjoy it properly. So I bring her into it. That's how I stash it. And then I call to mind the events of the last desolation. And this is my way of not gripping the consolation too tightly. Mm. reminding myself, like, remember what happened last time? It's okay. Because friends, dear listeners, we are trying to move away from living based on our feelings and moving towards living based on what we believe and what we know to be true about God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Another practical thing that we can do in a period of desolation is we never make decisions in desolation. We only make major life decisions in consolation. Because the enemy wants to use that period of darkness to influence us to do things that are not of the will of God. So, of course, the natural instinct is, all right, I'm in desolation. I got to change things up. I got to move things around in my life. That's not the way. We want to we actually continue the prayer path that the Lord has called us to. We want to continue our devotional practices, even increase them a little bit, St. Ignatius tells us. Mm. We want to lean into the desolation by, in, by not too much but slightly increase. And that's painful, friends. It's hard to pray when you're in desolation. It's hard to pray when it feels like God is absent. Jesus never promised us good feelings. He only promised us victory. Yeah. Never promised us good feelings. In fact, he promised us suffering. So we want to lean into those feelings, extend our prayer practices just a little bit as a, as a symbolic way of saying, Lord, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying in this with you. And I'm not going to make any major changes in my life until you call me to, to a new season of consolation. Mm. Those seasons of consolation, too, I think are so difficult and challenging because as we talk about our desires and the things that we desire, like I think our heart just naturally desires consolation. I think, you know, God's yeah, built beatific vision, like heaven. Right. God's built our heart to go ahead and naturally desire uh, perfection and harmony and good things. Um, my <clears throat> lovely children and I have been having some fights as of lately and I've been called, uh, let's see, rude and mean mom and <laughs> any other number of things. Mom, <laughs> but so as, rude. Yeah, right. As you talk about like not making decisions out of feelings, it can be really challenging for me to not respond to those moments out of a feeling of being hurt or saying like, I am not a rude mom. But I recognize in my children, the minute they say you're a rude mom, it's because I'm not giving them the things that they want. Mm. And so I'm thinking like, it's from this place of of this natural desire where I desire something and you're not giving it to me, which means that you're necessarily absent. But this, this relates. So hold on with me just a second. But in a moment of desolation, I think, too, that our desires or even our expectations are not being met. And so we fall into this moment of of desolation, right? Like 
I wanted things to go smoothly. They're not going smoothly. Therefore, I'm feeling frustrated. Therefore, I'm in this moment of desolation. Therefore, I'm not going to go ahead and do my prayer time. I mean, you can like, you can see the pattern go all the way down, right? So anyway, I think maybe even just for us in a moment of desolation, can we look at our desire? Like, what is it that I desire or what desire is God fulfilling in me? Or how is he maybe purifying my desire? Natalia, do you know what the word desire means? I think I have a foggy idea. Let me take a stab at it. Yeah. Okay. If I understand it correctly, the, the, what is it called? Autonomy of the word? Anatomy? Etymology. <laughs> the, anatomy, the anatomy etymame, of the word. Etymology, which you get at the, the restaurant. Yeah. Etymology of the word. The etymology of the word is D and sire, meaning of the sir, the father. Of, the, yes. That's, of the father. That's what I understand. Of the father. Desire of the father. But yes. that's about all I got. You want to flesh it out? Yeah, for sure. So our desires, these deep, aching longings of our heart, these have been given to us by the Father. Our authentic desires, we should say, because as Natalia points out, you know, our unholy or disordered desires need to be purified and reoriented and redirected, but we don't want to squash, you know, crush them. We don't want to dismiss them. We want to purify them because the Lord doesn't want us to diminish our desires when we're suffering, when we're struggling, when things aren't going our way. He want, if anything, he wants us to expand them. And one of the reasons why desolation comes to us is because it allows us to expand our desires. The more desire is unfulfilled, the, the heavier and more painful it gets, the bigger it gets, the more the Lord is able in the end to give us, to fulfill the enormity of our desires, not just the smallness of not making our desires smaller. We make them bigger through suffering. Mm. And in the end, he fulfills them all. And in the ultimate end, our desires won't ultimately be fulfilled until heaven, until we possess mm. God and see him face to face. So we have to remember with desires, friends, we can't be fully, perfectly satisfied on this side. There's never going to be the ultimate, absolute fulfillment of our desires. But we, kept, we march in that direction. Yeah. How does that sound so far, Natalia? So far, so good. I can, I mean, I can see it as it plays out in my daily life. This, I have a deep desire for perfection and like... I don't just mean like that I'm a perf- perfect person or that I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> I mean like a deep desire for everything just like going well and being well ordered and properly balanced and t- and wholly integrated and a deep desire for peace and for harmony especially in my family with my children. Um I think one of the things that like drives me the most crazy is when the kids are fighting or when I'm fighting with the kids, like, I know, I know that this is not right. I know that this is not what we should be doing. I know that this is like the opposite of the love that we are supposed to share. So I can definitely realize my, my desires on that level. But I think, I think that point that you made at the end was so great. Like none of these desires are going to be absolutely fulfilled until heaven. And I think that's the part that is like so painful for me is this, is this longing and this waiting like, but Lord, I want it to be fulfilled right here. Like I want peace and harmony in my home right now. I don't want to have to ache anymore here. I don't want to, um, like just a piece of our life is this idea of loving the people that we're around and knowing that either we're going to leave or that they're going to leave. So, you know, loving our 
uh, you know, my mom and dad came in for a visit last week and loving on them and being open with them and just like really enjoying the time and then knowing that the time is going to go ahead and 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 be over and we're going to separate and have to say goodbye and it's going to be a painful goodbye because we had such a good time together. Not clinging, the consolation. Yeah, yeah. Clinging. So like, but deeply knowing that that longing is not going to be fulfilled here, but in heaven, I think is like. It is a consolation, but it's also like a, it's a weight, I guess. It's uh it's a stretching of that desire, right? Like that, have you ever heard of, um, Plum has a song called like a God-shaped hole, I think. And she talked about everybody in the world having a God-shaped hole. I have not. Like a God-shaped hole in our heart and that only God can go ahead and fill it. So we talk with our kids, especially our oldest. Sometimes she's having a really rough day and we say, you've got a God-shaped hole. And that's why you know, we really want and need and desire for her to go ahead and have a little bit of prayer time, even if it's only like five or 10 minutes a day where she can just talk to God. Cause we said, no matter how much stuff you go ahead and try to fill in your heart, a really good friend, a really good conversation with your mom and dad, loving family, loving siblings, like a home, a house, really good meal, like whatever you try to fill into your heart, like it's never going to be enough. You are always going to want and desire more because ultimately our desire is for God. Which like, which is who is infinite. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So f- let's make this practical for the listener. So we want to start. We always start by looking at the disordered behavior in my life. What is that thing that I do over and over again that I swore that I would never do again? What is that thing that I bring to confession all the time, but it never seems to go away? What is that behavior, that pattern that I don't like in my life that I still keep doing? So, okay. You asking all me? of us find that one thing. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm talking to the <laughs> listeners. Look at your life. You've identified what season you're in. Now look at your life and find that behavior, that one thing, that one sin. And I'm going to use the example of pornography because this comes up all the time in confession, men and women. So porn, I, I watch porn. I masturbate. I, I do this thing that I, I hate when I do it. I give into it. I know it's not going to make me feel good. Uh, there's a moment of pleasure. And then I hate myself. And the cycle of shame begins. I have to go find a priest and and go to confession. So many people are trapped in this awful, awful slavery, this addiction to pornography. So the disordered behavior in my life is porn, for example. So I take the disordered behavior and I look at it with the Lord. The Lord's mercifully alongside me, not judging me, not condemning me. I invite the Holy Spirit to explain to me and work with me and show me, Holy Spirit, here's the thing that I do that I can't stop doing. Where is the disorder in the desire coming from? In all of our our negative recurring behaviors, there's going to be a good and holy desire that's mixed up in this disordered desire that we're trying to satisfy the good and holy desire underneath but the way that we're trying to satisfy it has been warped and wounded and ruined. So in the instance of pornography, the deep, the deep and good and holy desire underneath all that is connection for intimacy, Mm. uh, desire for relationship, uh, the holy use of my God given sexuality, which is powerful and beautiful. These are all good things. Like this is a, this is one of the most beautiful things about being human. These desires are holy. These lead me closer to God. There's nothing shameful about these desires. But for whatever reason, through woundedness, through brokenness, through my own sin, through fear of suffering and taking a shortcut, which is what pornography is, 
It's a lie that the evil one whispers to us and says, here's the shortcut to that intimacy that you so desire. Just take this shortcut. For whatever reason, we've adopted a disordered, unholy way of trying to satisfy a holy and deep desire. Mm. So the first place, friends, for that thing that you're struggling with in your life is identify the behavior and then ask the Lord to show you what's the good and holy desire underneath it that I'm trying to fulfill, but doing so in a poor way. And then we can start to look at practical ways to fill that good and holy desire in holy ways rather than in perhaps a sinful way. And I just want to give a shout out to Dr. Bob Schutz. This guy, I went on a retreat with him. He is a powerful, charismatic, holy man who speaks the truth, and he specializes in healing people's disordered desires. And I went on a retreat with him. Dr. Bob's last name is spelled S-C-H-U-C-H-T-S. And he has any number of books on desire. I highly recommend starting with his books. It breaks it down in really practical layman's terms. And he has helped me so much in identifying disordered behavior and then actually coming to more freedom as the Lord shows me how to fulfill it in a great holy way, which leads me to flourishing and seeing more green in periods of consolation. So friends, whatever you're struggling with, there is hope. The Lord is going to move you out of it, but we have to start by taking practical steps to address that disordered desire in a new way. Mm, I love it. I was going to recommend a book to you too, Father Anthony. Yes. The book is Dr. Gregory Popkak, and he has got a book called Broken Gods, Ooh. Hope, Healing, and the Seven Longings of the Human Heart. Okay, this is like a treasure trove. He starts the book out by basically saying that like we all have a divinity that the Lord has given us. He desires for us to be like him. He's made him made us in his image and likeness. And so he's put these longings, these desires in our heart, these seven desires. And consequently, because we're in a fallen world, those seven longings, can you guess what they possibly are paired up against <gasps> what they manifest in disordered behavior? Go ahead. Tell me. I, I just had a little flash. Perhaps it's the Seven Deadly Sins. Ding, 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 ding. I think you get a shout out, Father Anthony. Um, yeah, he goes ahead and takes the seven deadly sins and matches them up to show you what the seven longings of the human heart are. So one of the things that I was speaking a little bit about my pride earlier. So like I, I struggle with being prideful and this, the uh, key, I guess, to it, like the key is always, but is always humility, right? But the longing that I have when I struggle with pride is a desire for abundant life. Yeah. So Jesus says in the scripture, I have come to give you life and life in abundance. John 10, 10, let's go. Right. If that's one of his greatest promises, then you could imagine that our pride goes ahead and flares up and gets in the way. And of course, the enemy is like stoking the fire, right? He's like, oh yeah, you think you're so good? Let me just give you some more good feedback. And you just keep thinking you're good because it will keep us right. from the abundant life. It'll keep me from the abundant life if I keep. Anyway, so I think that's, you know, I'm bumping them up against my pride, but like I deeply do, Father Anthony, desire abundant life, desire, like you said, intimacy, connection, um, great conversations, really good friends, love. Like I deeply desire all of the things that make for an abundant life. And yet my pride self-sabotages in some sense, all of these things that I deeply long for. So anyway, that's a, an incredible book. I haven't re read it all. I've just read sections of it, but it could totally be one that 
sits on your bookshelf until you feel like, okay, <laughs> here's the moment. I'm like, <laughs> I want to tackle anger. I want to figure out what the longing is for, from it. Did I read it? Why would I read it? I own it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to like, yeah. I don't know. You read a book cover to cover? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I, I, why do you stop and like, um, meditate move to another one? Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't move to another one. I move to six or seven of them. <laughs> I pick up a book and I read the spot that I feel like I need to read, and then I soak it in, and I have to meditate on it, and I have to understand how to apply it to my life. And anyway, so we are different folks in that way. That is true. So I own the books so that I can reference back to them. Yes. Good for you. All right, folks, we have discussed consolation and desolation and how those ties, those tie into our human desires, which are good and holy. Desires are the breadcrumbs of the soul that the Lord uses to kind of guide us. Do not like lower or diminish your desires, but follow them and, and stay in the pain of unfulfilled desires. Stay there. Don't, satis don't be satisfied with lesser imitation counterfeit pleasures that can't even come close to fulfilling the authentic desires. Like Natalia said, Jesus said, I come that they have life and have it more abundantly. That's his mission statement. He said, I have come to this earth, the incarnate son of God, to satisfy all your desires, fulfill all your longings. He didn't say, I've come to teach you right from wrong or to, to teach you, uh, you know, to stop sinning. That's part of it, but he's come to fulfill all of our desires. And here's the key. All of our desires are ultimately fulfilled in the person of Jesus. Mm. That longing for purity, that longing for excellence, that longing for victory, for wholeness, for peace, for sanity, all of those are just another way of saying, I desire Jesus. He is the fulfillment of all our desires in the end. And so whatever you're going through, whatever you're struggling with, whatever your desires are, take them to the Lord Jesus and watch what he does in fulfillment of them. Praise you, Lord. We have come to our Hail Mary moment, Father Anthony. So I would just love to invite the Blessed Mother into this moment and just ask her to bring this podcast to the people that need to listen to it and also to inspire conversion, conviction, and change um, in whatever ways you and I and everybody else who's listening needs. So will you pray with me? Let's do it. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May each of you know the peace of Jesus Christ, which is beyond all understanding. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's a wrap. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone, including everyone on Venus. <laughs> <laughs> that was a backflip on the devil.